0: You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident finalist, as always, Brian Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore that app. So we have got about, um, I don't know, a month and a week and a day. we got a month and a week and a day until training camp starts. This is the deadest of dead seasons. I went back and I looked at the stats of Packernet over the last several years. Packernet's been around since, jeez. 98 I think but um, I went back and looked at the stats of the site over the last five six years or whatever and it's pretty consistent it's grown but it's pretty consistent in terms of the waves and from now until training camp it is the deadest of the dead and I'm assuming the podcast is going to do the same thing I would encourage you to hang out you got nowhere else to be man I'm determined to buck that trend but it is what it is Either way, we're getting a little bit closer every day. The 2019 training camp practice schedule is uh, scheduled for Thursday, July 25th, and July 24th is when all the um, it's when all the players are set to report. The final dates haven't exactly been finalized, but we know at least that much. But we're gonna keep plugging along because there's always lots to talk about, man. Um, As always, the number one thing, if you would like to uh, help out the podcast, head over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. If you don't have iTunes, don't want to download iTunes, just head on over to Stitcher. You can do the same thing over there. Again, I know many of you listen to the the Packernet Podcast Aggregator. If you have iTunes and listen to that, that's cool. Just go search out Packernet Podcast and leave your five-star review over there. If you send it to me as in send me a screenshot or whatever, I'll enter you into the contest to win the PFF giveaway. Otherwise, the phone number to leave a question or comment is in the description. And there's a link there to a bunch of other links for uh, merchandise, other ways you can support the podcast, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But anyways, let's take our break and uh, we'll start talking about stuff. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. So I want to start by addressing a question uh, by Jack in the Packernet podcast Facebook group. He's referencing what I had to say about Kyle Rudolph, which not picking on anybody. I just think it's funny that I keep talking about it because it just doesn't die. <laughs> but it's not really about Kyle Rudolph this time. He says, so let me play devil's advocate, somewhat at least. When it comes to Rudolph not being in any top five stats, even though Vikings fans think he is in an all-around top five tight end, where does Tay rank for wide receiver stat-wise? We say he's top three, top five, et cetera, but according to his stats, is he? I'd love to hear this in the next podcast or just talk about it in a post. So, uh, a couple things. First of all, and I I haven't even looked at it yet, so I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if he's top five in at least one category. I'll say two things off the bat before I even look at it, though. Number one, um, and I'm not saying he's making any claim otherwise, but I've been pretty clear that I do not believe he's top five. Um, I don't care that people want to call him top five because I think he's good enough that it's just I'll let it go. Kyle Rudolph not even close. I'm gonna say something if you say he's top five I'll disagree and say probably five to ten. I've also gone even a tiny bit further and said if 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 you said definitively he's not in or, or six to ten range if you said he's not in there he's either you know first through five or beyond 10 I would say he's probably then outside of the top ten if I had to pick but I, I just I think outside of the top 10 is disrespectful and I think inside of the top five, not that it's, I just think it's disrespectful to the top five guys, but I think he, I, I think he's still got some room to grow. I, I think he's an absolute freak, but anyways, I do want to look at it. I think it'd be kind of cool, and uh, again, we're in the, the absolute depths of the off season right now, so yeah, let's take a look at uh, some of the advanced statistics of Devontae Adams, and we'll try to branch outside even of uh, pro football focus to get a, a fuller look so I actually want to start with football outsiders this time. So again, what football outsiders does uh, pretty well is takes stats and then contextualizes them. It says, "Okay, here's the raw numbers. However, looking specifically at what this player was up against, it adds or, you know, detracts in sort of a handicap kind of way." So if two players had the exact same stats but, you know, one of them is in a division with some really good defenses, and had other players or other teams they went up against with great defenses, and the other player went up in against a bunch of soft defenses. Most statistical comparisons are going to say that they were the same, whereas Football Outsiders are going to come out and say, no, 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 one guy was clearly more dominant than the other because he had you know, harder defenses to go up against. And again, their, their two main metrics are DYAR and DVOA. DYAR is um, total value of the receiver. DVOA is the value per play. And so it's sort of like yards and yards per reception or yards and yards per carry. I tend to think, and that's probably why you hear more about DVOA. It's probably a better metric. But anyways, um, his DYAR rank had him 16th and his DVOA rank was 30th. In other words, football outsiders doesn't like Devontae Adams, all that much. I don't exactly know why because I can't see behind the curtain as far as how this is all calculated, but they do have some stats here, and presumably these are the stats they find relevant, so probably how they calculate this stuff. But yards after the reception, 14th with uh, 264 yards. He had 1,386 uh, yards on 169 passes, and then they have a stat called effective yards, which is taking the DVOA and which, like I said, it's sort of like a handicap, and applying that to his total yards, um, he had a DVOA, or a VOA, whatever, a DVOA of 6.1%, so presumably they just add 6% onto it, and they said his effective yards, in other words, it's sort of like adjusted yards for level of competition, they said his his yardage would have been about 1,432, which is 13th. I'm sorry, I looked at that wrong. That would be 8th. Um, and then, you know, so this, I I, I guess I don't fully understand. So eighth in effective yards, he was second in the NFL in touchdowns with 13, only behind Antonio Brown. Catch rate of 66% was pretty low. And then there's defensive pass interference, which meh. So that's all we've got. So we know he dominated stats wise. Yards and touchdowns are kind of the two biggest things. And he was, you know, combined one of the top receivers in those two categories. But again, based on their metrics, maybe they don't really respect the defenses he went up against. Maybe it was a volume thing. He had so much volume from Aaron Rodgers. Either way, they look at it as being not super spectacular. But again, this is why it's just one tool in the toolbox. It's not a perfect metric, and I don't think they are necessarily saying it is, that this is the definitive, you know, these are the best ever. This is not a film study. So if you say, well, who's a better route runner? Football Outsiders doesn't care. They're 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 not even wa- they don't watch film. They don't watch a single bit of film. Not saying they don't. I'm sure they do, but that doesn't tie into this. This is a a calculation that is done probably automatically on a spreadsheet that they can just pull from somewhere. It, it, if they if they don't even own a TV, they can run these calculations. So that's why I said it's just important to understand what they're saying. This is not. And pro football focus is not the definitive anything. It's just different things for whatever. Um, Flipping over to next-gen stats, which just has a bunch of, um, I don't know, random advanced stats that you're not going to find anywhere else. Uh, If you look at his cushion and his separation, neither of them is overly impressive. I talked about separation not all that long ago, and it, it seems surprising to a lot of Packers fans. But I don't really think, it it seems like that's an area where he should excel because he's a great route runner, but I think the separation gives him just enough. And we've seen the clips where he ends up just having miles of separation because he just absolutely broke the guy's ankles. But I think high separation guys are usually the the big top end speed guys, right? They, They run a double move and then they're just flying and the guy can't even catch up. Devontae Adams doesn't have great top end speed. He's a great route runner. He can absolutely destroy you on a double move. But he gets just enough. And usually the DB has enough catch-up speed to get there, but Aaron Rodgers gets the ball there on time. It's fine. Beyond that, there are plays where he just doesn't have a lot of separation. He's just the better receiver and, and catches the football. So overall, it's it's nothing overly spectacular. All right, if you look at, at Cushion, uh, 4.8 yards of Cushion is what he gets. Um, that's really, really low. Now that's also not super surprising because, as I said, uh, go all the way back to 2015 or whatever it was, The Denver Broncos realize that the way that you just annihilate Packers receivers, just just press them. Now, it doesn't work super great against Devontae, but it's still probably the the best option. So I think defenses have just been primarily doing that since forever. Just get in his face and just press him. But, uh, you know, also it's cushion is for, I think, a lot of speed guys. You want to stay back a little ways. You look at the guys at the top of the list, Deshaun Jackson, uh, Taylor Gabriel, right? Speed guys. Devontae's not a speed guy, he's just a good route runner. Best way to stop a route runner is to just mess up the timing, mess up everything right at the line of scrimmage and jam the guy. Um, Targeted air yards, so as opposed to yards, which is kind of a weird metric, you know, we talk about Tom Brady and how he gets blown out of proportion about how great he is because, oh, look at this 50-yard pass. Well, no, that was a four-yard dump-off, and Rob Gronkowski just absolutely... you know, steamrolled 50 people all the way down, you know, 46 yards down the field. That wasn't a 50-yard pass. Well, targeted air yards is how far down the field are you when you caught the pass. Uh, Once again, Devontae is pretty mediocre, 11.3 yards. That's kind of right in the middle. Um, The other other thing to note, and, you know, all these things are somewhat relevant, and I guess it kind of helps you, in your mind, build up what you think is most important. I don't think any of these are... Super big as far as, you know, Robert Foster was number one, Deshaun Jackson number two, uh, Robbie Anderson number three. These aren't exactly indicative of elite wide receiver statistics. Catch percentage, however, is pretty important. Again, not a direct correlation. Ryan Switzer was number two, but it's an important asset. And once again, Devontae Adams is sort of right smack dab in the middle, 65.68%. Top of the list, you're looking at in the 80s. Michael Thomas, 85%. Ryan Switzer, 81 Michael Thomas, by the way, one of the guys clearly um, vying for that top five spot. That makes it hard to be like, oh yeah, Devontae's clearly a number one. Like, I don't know, man. That's tough. Uh, the other thing that I think is kind of interesting, they have yards after the catch per reception and also expected yards after the catch per reception. The reason that's interesting is yards after the catch is cool, but again, the problem is that everything is has different factors. Right. How open are you? How many defenders are in the area? All that kind of stuff. Expected yards after the catch is looking at, okay, well, specifically, let me tell you. Here's what uh, Next Gen Stats has to say about it. The expected yards after the catch based on numerous factors such as tracking, double talk here, how fast they're traveling, how many defenders, blockers are in space, etc. Okay, I thought they would give more. But then after that, they give a plus minus. In other words, did you exceed or kind of underwhelm in that area? Devontae Adams had 4.6 yards after the catch per reception with an expected um, of 5.1, which is 0.4 under, meaning he should have done better after the catch. Based on everything that he did, he probably could have, would have, should have done better. I don't know how exact of a science that is, but it is an equal metric being applied to everybody else, and Devante sort of underwhelmed in that area. Somewhat of a small number, but you figure on 111 receptions, which is an extremely high number point 4. four comes out to 44.4 4 more yards, so that would have put him over 1,400 yards on the season. And then lastly, before we dive into Pro Football Focus, the uh, site that I actually kind of like, it's got some unique statistics, and that's Player Profiler. Um, the guy also has a podcast, which I'm sure is just chock full of awesome information because that's what he does, but man, I cannot do it. Talk about, well, never mind, just... Go find out for yourself. You'll understand. But for example, he's got uh, statistics like snap share, 98.6%. What percentage of offensive plays was he on the field? 98.6% of the time when the offense snapped the ball, he was on the field. That's number four overall in the NFL. If you look at uh, target share, which is a number that we know is going to be really high. Again, not really indicative of a good football player, but still interesting statistics. 29.1%. This is the percentage of all team passing targets directed at one particular wide receiver. This is number three in the NFL. So almost one-third of all the passes went to Devontae. Similar metric, hog rate as he calls it, represents targets per snap. 18.6%, that's number four in the NFL. Red zone target share. This is targets when the team is inside the 20-yard line. 44.3%, 31 targets, that's number one in the NFL. And then specifically end zone targets, which is targets, you know, for a touchdown, 38.9%, 14 targets, that's number 10 overall. So those are the opportunity statistics, you know, how many how much opportunity did he have on his own team? Obviously extremely high. If you look at productivity, these are pretty much mostly raw statistics, receptions, he was fifth, receiving yards, he was seventh, air yards, which we talked about, um, total yards, through the air when he caught it and he was sixth yards after the catch he was fourth i know i said it he wasn't super great in that category but this is raw yards after the catch so the higher amount of targets the higher this raw number is going to be red zone receptions he had 16 which is number two in the nfl total touchdowns 13 number two in the nfl efficiency which is more the numbers that i'm looking for yards per reception he ranked 62nd so again this is accounting for how much. You know how much of the share he had, and this is where things drop off. Total yards per target, he was 46th. Yards per pass route, 15th. His catchable target rate was 75.1%, which is 67th. And I always get this is one thing about the site that confuses me is sometimes you want to be lower than high. It's just kind of weird. That's more of a Aaron Rodgers metric than a Devontae Adams metric. Uh, Catch rate again is around 66. It's 65.7. That was 46th. And then they have a thing called true catch rate, which divides the total receptions by the catchable targets. So 87.4 they have as his true catch rate, which was 20th, not horrible. But again, we're trying to decipher if he's top five or not. That's not close. Uh, Total target distance, who cares, I guess, but sixth. That's total. So air yards, but total. Average target distance, he was 51st. His cushion, again, 108th. Target separation, 23rd. Uh, Drops, he was number six. Again, I don't know if that's reversed or not. I think not, but I don't know. Drop rate, 4.7%, was 53rd. And his contested catch rate, which isn't ranked for some weird reason, is 40%. So when it's a 50-50 ball, how many times is he coming down with it? 40% of the time. And then they've got their, I don't know if you'd call it a final analysis thing or whatever, but Uh, production premium, they had plus 11, which ranked 22nd, so total production. I don't know how you get 22nd out of all this production, but okay. Target premium, I don't even know what that means, but 18th. And then dominator rating, he was number one, but I believe that's a team metric because he describes it as a receiver's percentage of total team receiving yards and team receiving touchdowns. Maybe it's, I don't know, whatever, who cares? He's number one in that category. So he's number one in being dominant on his own team compared to everybody else. So there you go. So far, there hasn't been anything overly flattering. These are raw statistics. Um, you know, the the actual statistics as far as yards and touchdowns. That's where he's clearly top five. But again, if you account for the total number of targets, he kind of gets dropped down into whatever. And again, to be clear, I'm not trying to make a case for anything. I'm just reading things. You make up your own mind. I'm not trying to make a case for positive or negative. Uh, I was, you know, asked a question, and I'm just kind of running through it. You know, Jack, put it out there. Let's take a look. And the fact of the matter is, most Packer fans who are screaming that he's top five are saying, yeah, we'll watch the film. Okay, well, first of all, there's a couple things. If you're going to say that, then you got to listen up when I talk about PFF, because the only metric that involves watching the film are the grades. Secondly, as much, I don't want to go on a tangent, but I absolutely hate when people say that, because 99.5% yes, I made that up, but 99.5% aren't actually, quote-unquote, watching the film, and the ones that are, are not qualified to, quote-unquote, watch the film and make analysis. And secondly, watching the film is useless in a vacuum. It only matters if you watch it compared to everybody else. There's nothing wrong with loving Devante's skill set but don't go on a violent, rageful tangent about how great you know he is because you're quote-unquote watching the film if you don't even know what you're watching for and you're not watching everybody else. If you know how to do this and you've been, you know, trained how to scout people and you're also watching Hopkins and and Thomas and Julio and Keenan Allen and Tariq Hill and Odell Beckham and Adam Thielen and T.Y. Hilton and A.J. Green and Mike Evans and Kenny Galladay and and Juju Smith-Schuster and Stephon Diggs and Brandon Cooks, if you're watching every single one of these guys and Antonio Brown and whatever, just ripping off a few here, And we're talking every single snap and contextualizing it as far as how good their quarterback is and the defense and all. If if you're doing that, then cool. Go write a book. You should be out there doing something. You're putting in a lot of work. I hope you're out there somewhere. Show people your work. But I'd be willing to bet again that basically zero people are doing this. I know I've seen the highlights too. He's a great route runner. We know he's a great runner. He might be the best route runner. I don't know. I love that he's on the team and he's very, very awesome. But just relax. So anyways, let's look at now the PFF grades for 2018. Overall offensive grades. Devontae Adams ranked 10th. Considering everything we've heard as far as statistically, and I'm not talking about raw statistics because I'm talking about average per this, per that kind of statistics, he doesn't rank top 10 in almost any category. There's total yards, and there's total this, and there's total that. That's it. So the fact that his overall offensive grade is 10th I will take that any day of the week. In other words, the people who are watching the film, watching every single wide receiver, not just the top guys, but also the bottom guys, watching every single person on the football field, Devontae Adams, they said, was the 10th overall best offensive wide receiver. As far as his specifically, strictly receiving grade, they said he was ninth. So there's more statistics that we can look at but again, given the fuller context of all this, unless you just want to rest on total statistics, which is your prerogative, if if PFF wants to come along and say he's the ninth or 10th best or he's a top 10 receiver, I'm going to take that and run. I'm going to look at that and be like, yeah, dude, top 10, boom. I'm not going to fight for top 5 because I can't back that up. There's nothing that I can do to back that up again unless I want to quit my job and put in the work to study every single wide receiver and learn how to study wide receivers and then fill out a big long thing except for the part where maybe I end up being wrong because everybody else disagrees but you know who knows maybe I'll find a way to uh to make it happen and again if you've done that feel free to hit me up I feel like we should talk if you're the kind of person that puts in that kind of work I kind of like to have you hang out and you know do stuff for me I'll put you to work man I, I got I got some stuff for you might even be able to throw a few dollars your way Shouldn't be hiding in in your closet or grandma's basement doing this kind of work, man. But again, I don't think you exist. Uh, There's also grades for drops. He was 17th. He got graded for fumbles, which is weird, but he's graded for it, 13th. And let's see, statistics passer rating when targeted, 30th. Again, that's largely as much the quarterback thing as as wide receiver, probably more so the quarterback stat. Um, Deep passing. Again, if you care about that, but what percentage of the time is he targeted deep? Devontae Adams is targeted deep 21% of the time, which is 45th out of 50 receivers. So they don't throw to him deep very often. I know the percentage doesn't matter, but it's the only metric they're giving. They're not giving any relevant metrics. Um, Here is a top five. I found a top five stat. Ready? In the slot, yards per route run. He ranked fifth. And this one does seem, well, yards per route run is a is a solid metric in and of itself, and we'll get to that. But here are the receivers, and this is how you know it's a good stat, because when you look at the top five, top ten, it's like, oh, dude, these guys are good. Michael Thomas, number one. Tyreek Hill, number two. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, number three. T.Y. Hilton, number four. Devontae Adams, number five. 2.42 yards per route run. So we have heard a little bit about him possibly getting put into the slot, um, obviously, you want your best guy outside, but we know he can be extremely effective in the slot, and this kind of just backs that up. I mean, I I guess if you wanted to, you could make the case he's a top five slot receiver, even though there really aren't any slot receivers in the top five as far as slot receivers. It's just really good receivers when they're in the slot end up being better than slot receivers, which is probably why slot receivers aren't paid as much as your number one X receiver. I think Cooper Cup is an actual slot, but I think he's also one of those outside-inside guys. I'm not really sure. In other words, when it's two wide receiver sets, which is probably a majority of the time for the Rams, um, he's on the outside. He's not strictly a slot guy, but he kicks into the slot in three wide receiver sets. Maybe some of the other guys do that. I'm not sure, but Cooper Cup is tied for fifth with Devontae Adams at 2.42, but I mean, even if you continue down the line, Antonio Brown is, is seventh, uh, Dante Pettis 8th, Julio Jones 9, Corey Davis 10, Stephon Diggs 10. That's a solid top 10 list. If we look at overall yards per outrun, and I think this is the last statistic we have, he is tied for 16th with Emmanuel Sanders at 2.12. Um, Albert Wilson out of Miami was actually number one He only had 36 targets, which isn't a super high statistic, but it's still in that 20% range, which is the metric that I'm using, which is 20% of the highest number of targets of anybody on this list. But beyond that, again, it's a solid metric. Julio Jones, Michael Thomas, T.Y. Hilton, Tyreek Hill, DeAndre Hopkins, Keenan Allen, Mike Evans, A.J. Green, Deshaun Jackson, Cooper Cup, Odell Beckham, Will Fuller, Amari Cooper, Josh Gordon, Emmanuel Sanders, and Devontae Adams. So it's hard to argue that it's a garbage man. And that's exactly what my point was going through all those other statistics the reason that it matters and the reason that you can see if it's a good list, and this accounts for uh, football outsiders, accounts for Devontae Adams, if you look at a statistic and you think it's important, just order it from top to bottom and look at the wide receivers. Are these really good wide receivers, or is it just a random crop of garbage? Right? You got like a really good one in there mixed with like a tight end that doesn't do anything. That's what a lot of these statistics were. Looking at the grades by Pro Football Focus, you can see that this is a good list. If you look at the yards per route run, that's a solid list. If you look at DVOA, you know again. I'm not trying to rag on football outsiders, but I I kind of don't see it as a super rock solid list. Tyler Lockett, um, Mike Williams, Mike Evans, Sammy Watkins, Tyler Boyd, Cooper Cup, Tyreek Hill, T.Y. Hilton. So it's it's one of those things where it's like it's it's a pretty good list, but I mean this isn't it, man. I mean just let's let's compare the list, and I, I don't. Again, I'm not trying to pick a fight, but let's just compare the pro football focus grades to the Football Outsiders DVOA rank. You tell me which top 10 list you'd want to have on your team if you happen to keep 10 wide receivers for some reason. Because again, I think statistical people look at it and say, PFF is just garbage, it's people's subjective nonsense, Football Outsiders is like rock solid numbers, man, and that's that's key to everything. Except a lot of the same people are talking about you need to watch film, which I don't understand. But anyways, here's the top 10 list you have to choose from. Ready? Tyler Lockett, Mike Williams, Mike Evans, Sammy Watkins, Tyler Boyd, Cooper Cup, Tyreek Hill, T.Y. Hilton, Michael Thomas, DeAndre Hopkins. Pretty solid, although you got some clear backups in there. Here's your PFF top 10, DeAndre Hopkins, Michael Thomas, Julio Jones, Keenan Allen, Tyreek Hill, Odo Beckham, Adam Thielen, Robert Woods, Devontae Adams, and T.Y. Hilton. It's just not close, man. It's really, really just not close. In my mind, it's not. I don't know. I mean, there's nothing against Tyler Lockett. PFF had him as 15th. But if, if I were to ask you, Tyler Lockett, you think he's like a top 20 guy or a number one overall in the wide in the NFL guy? What are you thinking Here. <laughs> Where do you fall in this? And and, and again, Devonte, top ten wide receiver, or is he thirtieth, um, which is where uh, Football Outsiders had him, just behind Mohamed Sanu. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. So, anyways, that's sort of my way of looking at things. I like PFF because, again, it if you if you just look at it, it just makes sense. Beyond that, I think really good. Um, statistics and things like that, as I've said in the past, can kind of help you predict the future, so to speak. If you take all the information and put it together and are able to formulate a, an opinion about you know, the game tomorrow, that ends up coming true, maybe that people didn't see. And I've done that with Pro Football Focus. Not perfectly, because it's football and everything's all messed up. But I, I've just had a lot of success using their metrics and using their grades and everything else to be able to, to form opinions and narrative about the Packers that have, that have typically come true. Of, you know, there, there's a narrative that this guy's really good. Well, I'll go to Pro Football Focus, and it's like, well, no, he's not. Look at the stats. Look at the grades. And usually the fan base kind of comes around, and it's like, yeah, okay, that guy was trash. It's like, well, I tried to tell you, man. I'm not a wizard. I don't have a crystal ball. I'm just looking at the people that study this guy every single snap, every single play, as opposed to going on Twitter, seeing a couple highlights and a couple know-it-alls that say that they saw this or that or whatever. I choose these guys over those guys. I think for fun, what I'm going to do is is start finding highlights of people that are trash to try to prove how great they are, and then find like quote unquote lowlights of guys like Devontae and be like, see, this goes to show clearly Trevor Davis is better than Devontae Adams because I have a highlight reel here of about five good plays from Trevor and five bla- bad plays from Devontae, and there you go. And it's actually funny because this is actually this actually happened during free agency. I remember the hype. Uh, the the Landon Collins type, it was out of control, right? Oh, the Packers got to get Landon. He's a freak, man. He's the best ever. And then a bunch of highlight reels came out, and it was like, look how good he is, man. He's awesome. And I kind of was like, you know, all right, he's okay. A couple of the advanced stats, he stands out. His grades are not very good. And I'm like, you know, given the value of the contract he's probably going to get, I'd rather have, and that's where I was talking about guys like Adrian Amos, et cetera, et cetera, who actually had higher grades than Landon Collin's. Well, everybody, oh, no, Collins is great, he's a freak, and they're looking at all these highlights. Well, somebody came out thankfully and showed a bunch of his really bad plays. Basically, the exact same thing that happened with Hi- Ha Ha Clinton Dix. It's why the hate is so high because when he was have guys came out with these highlight things on Facebook and Twitter and showed his bad plays. Well, if you do that for any player, everybody's going to look like trash. Take Blake Martinez, take Jordy Nelson, take anybody, and you take their bad plays and you look at it in a in a straight line of just a string of bad plays throughout the season, and you think that they're garbage. Well, suddenly the the hype for Landon. Collins just fell off a cliff. It plummeted. Maybe he's not that good. I can't believe how much money he got. That was a trash deal. If that if those highlights or lowlights never came out, people would think that the Redskins got the greatest safety in the history of the world since Sean Taylor. Stop watching five plays in a highlight reel and thinking that you know something about a player. It drives me insane. I'm assuming I'm not talking to anybody that doesn't know this on this podcast, but just it's just one of the, the series of sixty thousand reasons why I Just every day I'm spending less time on Twitter. I go there to see if there's any notifications, any messages, and then I try to get off as quickly as I can because that place is just the worst. It's actually worse than Facebook. I used to think Facebook is worse. I don't think so. I think Twitter is worse. It's just where people go to be insane. Um, But anyways, kind of putting a cap on this thing again, I've, I've said I think it's possible that he could end up making it into the top five because if you look at it, who are the guys that are absolute locks in this category? I think DeAndre Hopkins, in my mind, is the top guy. Him and Michael Thomas are just, I don't know. And and Julio should be up there. He's got some issues. The The whole red zone thing to me is weird. I don't really get it. I don't know if that's his quarterback's problem, the the scheme problem, if it's a Julio problem. It, it seems, it, it, I feel like it's being nitpicky because of how good he is, but that's a major component to being a good wide receiver is your ability to help in the red zone, and he helps exactly zero. It's just ridiculous but I, I, I've been a huge fan of DeAndre Hopkins for a long time. He has been in need of a good quarterback. He finally got one. I just think he's an absolute freak. Michael Thomas is a freak. Julio's a freak. Um, Odell Beckham is extremely talented, obviously. Uh, we'll see what happens with Tyreek Hill. I hate to give the guy a compliment considering what he's been accused of, and I know oh, he's exonerated. Okay, yeah, there's a recording of him saying, yeah, you should be scared of me too. The guy's a dirtbag. Please don't defend him, but Anyways, he, he he's one of those guys that could be next level that's really going to be hard for Devontae to pass him up because he's just he's unbelievably electrifying, but he has that athleticism component to him as well. Not everybody's a speed freak, and you don't have to be to be an elite wide receiver, but if you have that extra component, if you're a good route runner, if you've got the Devontae Adams footwork, but you've also got breakaway speed and you're great yards after the catch, you've got all these components... I think Tyreek Hill has it. I think Hopkins. I think Thomas. I think a lot of the. Actually, Michael Thomas is kind of slow. I think he's actually slower than Devontae, if I'm not mistaken. But again, there, there's, there's only, I guess there's about five that are that are kind of locked in there. But Julio might be falling off. I think Keenan is kind of in and out. Him and he's kind of on the Devontae Adams tier in my mind. I know he was fourth this past year. He's been consistently elite, and I think part of the reason. Well, there's there's two reasons I think he hasn't been talked about. Number one is sort of the. There's that whole East Coast bias thing, which is weird, where you hear more about garbage Jets players than you hear about, like, West Coast guys. Which I think is weird, because there's a lot of talent on the West Coast that nobody ever talks about. Like, I think the Chargers quarterback is actually kind of good, but he gets no respect. Keenan Allen, consistently one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. Nobody knows or cares about the guy. But a huge amount of injuries that he's had. I don't know. I, I It's just... Maybe for a year. I think I think he could crack it for about a year. I don't think if you look over the course of, of, let's say, these top 10, 15, 20 guys, if you were to take their entire careers, what are the odds Devontae ends up top five on this list? I would say very close to zero. Could he crack it for about a year or, or maybe a couple years or whatever? I think he can. He's got some years left in him. Again, if Julio drops a little bit, and anybody can have a down year. A.J. Green was 12th. He's still a very, very good wide receiver, but he just he dropped. He's getting old. Wasn't his best year. Mike Evans, very, very good wide receiver. He was 13th. Mike Evans could be number one or two this next year. I don't know. Juju, freakish wide receiver. He was 18th. So, I mean, there's just a ton of competition is the, is the point. And if you go long-term, I don't think that necessarily helps Devontae because there's guys who just have Hall of Fame careers that are on this list. If you look short-term, I think he's got a shot. But then you got to go out to, like, the top 20, top 25 even. Stephon Diggs was 21. Brandon Cooks was 23. These are guys that have, you know, for one year at a time, top five potential. So either way you look at it, it's really hard to imagine him being top five. Uh, but he does have, a, I think he has a shot. If this offensive scheme can really help him, if it helps Aaron Rodgers, if it helps the offense, obviously Devontae Adams has just basically limitless potential. And even if he doesn't, who cares? We know his production is going to be through the roof. He's going to lead the league, you know, top five, top ten in in yards, in, you know, top five probably in receptions, top five probably in targets, top five in touchdowns. I don't think it really matters. If somebody told me he's definitively, if if DVLA is is just – from God himself created that metric, and he is definitively the number 30 overall wide receiver, I just give you a big old thumbs up and say, great, I'm glad he's on the team. I don't want to get rid of him. I'm happy with him. Thank you very much. So what? What we want is production anyways. We want touchdowns. We want yards, and he gives it to us. So end of story. I don't think it's something to really fight about. And I cannot believe, I just looked up at how much time this took. I literally thought this was about 15 minutes in. We're 35 minutes in. Now what do I do? I think what I'm going to do is actually I'm going to call it, we'll do it a, a semi-short episode. Feels weird that we just did the one topic, but I feel like we thoroughly covered that one and I think it's an important distinction. And again, I, I don't care. If you listen to this whole thing and said, I don't care, I think he's top five, I'm fine with that. Again, he's he's good enough to be in the top five. I don't think he was. I don't think long-term he is. I don't think short-term he was. I know short-term he can be, right? In a year, he can be the top five, a top five receiver. And we all know he's a very, very good wide receiver. So we're all in the same place. Just, you know, put him wherever you want. I don't care. I, again, not trying to make a case. I'm giving you my thoughts. He's kind of in that six to 10 range, more so than the one to five range. If he's, you know, 11, 12, 13, whatever. If you think he's three, four, five, whatever. Not sure I would be willing to stand with you if you said he's 30th but if you're uh you know football outsiders truther and you want to stand by that that's on you again we all can see what he does on the field and we all like him so that's fine with me anyways you folks have yourselves a fantastic monday get through it it's gonna be all right have a good one we'll be back here tomorrow bye-bye